This is the sermon podcast for Mosaic Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Committed to bringing the beauty of the gospel of Jesus to the broken places of our lives. Well, uh, if you've been following along with us uh, online, um, you'll know I've been preaching to a camera uh, for a couple of months now, which I am over. Uh, now I get to preach to, to masked faces, um, which is a bit of an upgrade, um, a, a good upgrade, but I, I, really, I really hope that I can engage with you uh, with just your, uh, with part of your face. But uh, I preached through Psalm 23 uh, for the past uh, six, seven weeks, and uh, that was just really good for my own heart. Um, I hope you uh, we're blessed through the, the preaching of God's word in that way too. Um, I've decided this summer because of the, the nature of the venue that we're doing and, and all that this entails and having our children with us that, that I'm actually going to stay in the Psalms uh, for the summer. Uh, we're not going to be necessarily slowly unpacking one like I did uh, with Psalm 23, but rather I'm going to highlight uh, kind of one main theme uh, from the psalm that I picked for the week. And so if you're looking for like an exhaustive treatment, 50-minute sermon uh, on a psalm, uh, that's not what's going to be happening uh, this summer. Uh, I'm actually going to try to just take kind of one main thought and, and reflect and meditate on it so that we can we can just kind of walk away with something from the psalms this summer. So that's the approach uh, for, for, the, for the preaching of God's Word this summer. So if you've brought a Bible with you, you're welcome to open that or turn that on uh, if it's on, on your device. Uh, we're going to be uh, just looking at Psalm 1 this morning. Uh, I have never preached Psalm 1. Actually, Heather uh, reminded me last night as we were kind of talking and preparing for today that, that uh, in seminary, uh, she came to my preaching class, uh, probably because I just needed a cheerleader there, and she came and she reminded me that this was the text that I preached uh, in seminary. So she is officially grading me this morning to see if there's been any improvement over 10 years of preaching. So um, I told her uh, not to get her hopes up. Uh, but this morning, we're going to look at Psalm 1. So let me, let me go ahead and begin uh, by just reading the psalm, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look at it together. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous." but the way of the wicked will perish. This is God's word. Let's ask him to bless the preaching of it. Let's pray together. Father, it is with expectant hearts that we open your word this morning. Lord, there are so many words around us right now in the form of headlines and tweets and news updates. And Lord, we need to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, we turn now to the only source of our life, the words that are contained in your scriptures and embodied in the person and work of your Son, 
and our Savior, the Lord Jesus. So, Lord, speak to us now through your word, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Psalm 1 is the gateway uh, to the entire book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is 150 individually collected uh, prayers and songs, uh, of which Psalm 1, uh, along with Psalm 2, um, are unique in their own. Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 are, are not prayers or songs. Uh, Psalm 1 and 2, and I'm putting those together because the text makes it clear that it, it in initially was uh, literar literary uh, one psalm. So if you look at the way Psalm 1 begins, blessed, the way Psalm 2 ends is blessed. So blessed is the one who, does, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, and, end of Psalm 2, blessed are all those who take refuge in him. And so this gate is, is uh, wide open this morning. And the gateway is to discover what the happy life actually is. Uh, the word blessed, an alternative translation, could very easily be happy. Happy is the person who does this. Happy is the person who will walk through this gate. Happy is the person who says yes to Psalm 1. And so the question that's on the table this morning uh, for you to consider is what will it take to make you finally and ultimately happy? What is it that you are striving after in your own life that comes up lacking continually? Psalm 1 offers you the path, the way to happiness. And the way to happiness in God's economy is completely upended to what the world would offer you. This is, a, is an echo, it's a shadow, it's a, it's a precursor to what Jesus would do in his opening sermon in chapter 5 of Matthew, commonly called the Beatitudes, the blessing. So who are the blessed people that Jesus says? Uh, the poor in spirit, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are persecuted, uh, those who mourn, those are the people who are actually happy. Is what, is what Jesus would say. And, and Psalm 1 tells us this. Here's, here's the main thing I want you to, to understand and walk away with today. If you want to be happy, here is what you need. Loving union with God in your inner life. The thing that goes on inside of you, in your heart, is the thing that ultimately will give you the happiness that your life has been striving for all along. Uh, I, I, want, I want you to look around uh, at the trees. Um, these trees are the picture and the metaphor of Psalm 1. And I want you to imagine these trees as the happiest creatures, creations of God on earth right now. These trees are happy. They are carefree, they are provided for, they are thriving, and they are providing shade for us to enjoy. Their life, in essence, is fulfilled. They are happy. So the picture of Psalm 1 is that we would be like trees. Now the alternative uh, metaphor in Psalm 1 is that the, the best I could do, I found this, it stumbled on me this morning, is a tumbleweed. 
right? Like, what good are these, what, what good is this? This is how the scriptures liken those who would say no to Psalm 1. They're like chaff in the wind that just blows away. Jesus said that he, in, in the last day of judgment, he would gather the weeds and he would, he would bundle them and he would burn them. But, but the metaphor of Psalm 1 is for us to be happy like these trees. So how do we do that? How can we be carefree, happy, rooted trees? Now, most of us spend our entire lives working on the outside of ourselves. What we look like, what we sound like, what we do for career work. All, all, all of our focus typically is on our exterior life. But, but the thing that is making these trees happy Look at verse 2 of the psalm, is what's going on inside of them. The psalmist says, here's what the happy person does. Delights in the law of the Lord, and on the law he meditates day and night. Now, for those of you that have been around Christianity and the Bible and the church for any amount of time, when you hear those words, here's how you translate it. The person who's happy reads the Bible or thinks about what God would require of them. But, but the language of the psalm is so much deeper and interior to you than, than the surface presents itself. To delight is actually, um, it, the way kind of some of the, the commentators and dictionaries describe it, is to have an inner chat with yourself. It's this inner conversation on the law of the Lord. And the law, that word is Torah, so the way the Old Testament's uh, divided is a threefold di- division. The law, the prophets, and the writings. So the, 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 the ancient Israelite would have interpreted that partially to be the first part of the, the Bible, the first five books. Genesis, Genesis Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, but but, but what, what's really happening is the way that this was understood was, was, a, was a deeper, more invasive understanding of God's way. The happy person meditates inside themselves on God's way. The way that God instructs us to live our lives, he meditates day and night. It's his delight. Um, do you remember when Jesus, Jesus, he, uh, he used uh, some horticulture language uh, kind of with, with gardening stuff. And so he, he, beyond the trees, he, he used the language of a, of a vine in John chapter 15. Jesus would call his people to, to, to do this thing called abiding. He would say, abide in me and I in you, for apart from me you can do nothing. If you don't have a vital, robust, inner union with Jesus, your life is nothing. You are like chaff in the wind. And so as much as the external things that we think reveals who we actually are, Jesus commends to us abiding. And, and Jesus, would he, would he would do these strange teachings uh, like in John 17. Uh, he, would say, he would say this as he's praying. This is the high priestly prayer of Jesus. Jesus would pray to the Father that, they, that we, he's praying about you and I, 
that we would be one just as he was one with the Father. I and you, that they may also be in us. Inner union with God. The thing that makes the trees happy is what's coming up inside of them. The Apostle Paul, in the book of Galatians, he would say, he would say and you've heard this Bible verse, but please hear it through a new lens this morning. He would say, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now, if that is true, if this inner union with Jesus is the thing that's giving you life and vitality and fruitfulness in your life, what are the implications for that? They are abounding. That Jesus would dwell in your inner life and live in and through you should be appalling to you. It should change everything about every direction of your life. Again, the happy life, poor in spirit, meek, mourning, persecuted. Not the life that most of us are building or aiming for. That's what Jesus invites us to be. And so this morning I want to close by just just being very clear with us this morning. Does God have your attention yet? Because he certainly has mine. Does God, has God captivated you by what he's doing in this world in such a way that it would move you to consider your inner union with God and the health of it? Um, there's one place that I know of, at least, in the Bible that describes eternal life. Uh, it's in the Gospel of John. I don't have the exact reference. Uh, but but it, John says this, that this is what eternal life is. That you would know the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom he sent. That is the primary definition of what it means to have eternal life with God is to know God and to be known by him. And so the good news for the believer today is that if you are known by God on, in your inner, again, we're dealing with inner life, if you're willing to allow God to see the interior parts of your emotional, relational, spiritual life, that's where he will come and he will meet you. And the psalm tells us what happens when the tree gets its source of life like that. It yields fruit, its leaf does not wither, and he prospers in everything he does. In other words, the storm can come, the winds will blow, the hail will attack, but the tree will stay rooted as long as it's rooted to its life-giving source, namely Jesus. Uh, it would be presumptuous of me not to assume there are some among us here who do not have that living union with God. A and some of you might even be presuming you do. And I would, I would, um, I do this, you know, cautiously, but there, Jesus' words in the gospel accounts that say, there are going to be many who come up to me on that last day, the final day, 
when the curtain rolls back and the skies crack and Jesus comes, that say, Lord, Lord, look at all we did for you. Look at, we prophesied and we healed and we, we were great volunteers and we gave great amount of money and we were so committed to you. And do you remember Jesus' words to them? Depart from me. Why? Because I never knew you. So the invitation from Psalm 1 this morning is somber and real, but it is, it is the path, it is the gate for you to finally and ultimately discover what happiness actually is. Loving union with God on your inside will give you happy li- happiness that lasts forever. Let's pray together and ask God to make that a reality in our lives. Let's pray. Father, Lord, perhaps more than any time in our lives before, uh, we uh, feel um, emotions that we've never felt before. Doubt and concern and anxiety and fear and confusion. Uh, Lord, we need um, to know what this inner life with you is all about. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would draw people in even now to consider the health of their inner life with you. Lord, we long to be a people who on that day of your return would be so familiar with you that we would know your voice, that we would know your touch, and that we would welcome your presence. But Lord, that day will be too much for us if we don't know it now. So Lord, help us to know what eternal life is now, to know you and to be known by you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. This is the sermon podcast for Mosaic Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Committed to bringing the beauty of the gospel of Jesus to the broken places of our lives. 